I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast. Today, I have a veteran of the 75th Ranger Regiment and a cowboy mounted shooter. I want to welcome Drew Wallace to the show. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. this is awesome. With uh, with the high of Yellowstone, I'm sure you are <laughs> more than just popular these days. <laughs> I mean, it definitely brought a lot of attention, you know, to the whole Western uh, community, uh, good and bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll take any of it, you know. <laughs> right. No, that's awesome. It's uh, I'm, I've got a ton of questions here uh, for you and we'll get into it. But first, you know, the first part of this is uh, a rapid fire. we got to see if you survive it. Um, I'm going to give you two choices. You pick the one that comes to mind, and then we'll circle back around, and you give me the why. All right? Okay. Here we go. Uh, dildo or butt plug? Butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was, that was just a warm-up. It's actually oh, not on my geez. list. But, man, you rolled with it really boring. well. It says a what, lot yeah, about you. What podcast you. is this again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, now I got the real questions. All right, here we okay. go. Soldier or cowboy? Cowboy. Cowboy. Oakley or Gators? Oakley. <laughs> uh, a horse or horsepower? Horse. Cowboy boots or combat boots? Cowboy boots. A revolver or semi-auto? Revolver. <laughs> on the brim or on the crown? Rim. <laughs> straw or felt? Strong. Uh, or straw? Straw. straw. Oh, felt. felt. Felt, yes. John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Hateful Eight or True Grit? True Grit. Yeah. Rip. Or Beth? Rip. <laughs> Army or Navy? Army. What the hell? All yeah. right. <laughs> See, that wasn't too bad. All right. That wasn't too bad. Uh, you could ask a lot of different questions around those. That, you know. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. What's a, tell me, tell me, give me, what are a couple in your world that I, if I would have known more about your world that I could throw at you that would have actually puzzled you a little bit? Or made it difficult. Oh, well, to be honest, I mean, you're, the first one's related to army or cowboy. Yeah, easy for me to answer, and well, obviously, there's a reason why. But uh, you know, there were good ones because some of you, some of the ones you had were like new age cowboy stuff or old age, you know, hateful eight or true grit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Clint or John Wayne. Yeah, you know. 
I don't you that was pretty good. I mean, you've done some homework, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go through these. Uh Soldier versus Cowboy. You picked Cowboy. Uh you've always been a cowboy at heart, or is this something new? I grew up uh riding in my my adolescent years. And so I had this sort of passion uh, for anim- for horses. And really growing up, it was I wanted to be a soldier and I wanted to be a cowboy. Um, and obviously I've done both. Um, but yeah, I grew up just with this passion for horses and a passion for the military. And, um, you know, I wasn't able to really fully explore my passion for horses until I became an adult really yeah. post-military. Yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. mean, probably as a kid, it was like, oh yeah, this is cool. But it wasn't until you grew up, you're like, oh wait, these, this is this is all there's a spirit yeah. about there's a spirit about the horses that you probably didn't notice when you're a kid right no as a kid i feel like even even being in the military the, the the aspirations of being a soldier or a cowboy as a kid it's more of like a novelty yeah. you know whereas now with horses like there's such a deeper soulful connection with the animals and and an appreciation for the sport that I'm doing that like that shit just didn't even cross my mind as a kid, you know? Um, and you know, and that's part of getting older. I mean, you start appreciating that stuff, you know, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Oakley versus Gators. Obviously you are, uh, you, you're sponsored. Are you a sponsored guy? Yeah. I, uh, I started working professionally for Oakley in, 2012 and and prior to that i wore you know m frames you know while i was in yeah. service yeah but for a brief period of time i worked as the category manager at oakley and then now i do a lot of uh marketing and social media for them uh, um yeah um but, and i know you're a gators guy you know <laughs> being a seal and all yeah. Yeah, yeah um and actually i i know a lot i know some folks you know who work there uh who came from oakley too now um and you know good anyone who's making you know eyewear for the boys you know i i do appreciate you know because you know they're in yeah. that industry because they care about the guys so right um, but yeah oakley you know oakley's my you know bread and That's butter right. right yeah that makes sense and i yeah same for me i mean i grew up with oakley's and then you find out about gators and you know for me it was the first time you go ride, whether it's, you know, your motorcycle or jump out of a plane. Uh, for me, that was the gators difference. Those things, because just they wrap around so tight around your face that there's no option for them to come off, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of want or look good with like that terminator almost. Cause that's, that's how they look, right? Every guy that puts yeah. gator, gators on, you might as well, you look like I Arnold mean, Schwarzenegger in the terminator. <laughs> and to be honest, dude, Gators, like, as long as Oakley's been around, like, just trying to penetrate that SEAL community, I mean, Gators wrapped that community up, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And still has, to my knowledge, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And they, um, I think now it's more special operations wide because of all the different TV shows where the guys are, you know, Navy SEALs and a bunch of, I think even in, uh, remember the show, the unit, it was kind of based yeah. on, yeah. it was the first, you know, it was basically Delta force oriented, 
but it's no different than SEAL teams, right? It's the same yeah. show. Just you switched out the, you know, Navy for Army <laughs> or Army for Navy. But uh, those guys, I think, were even wearing gaiters on that show. Yep. But um, all right. Enough about sunglasses. OK, yeah. <laughs> so a uh, horse versus horsepower. You, of course, you pick a horse because that's what you do for a living. And uh, that is your true bread and butter. But uh, are you a spark, a sports car kind of guy or are you more of you a know- truck guy? I mean, I'm a truck guy. Yeah. I mean, when I was in the army, like I, I had a, I had a Ducati monster. So I love, you know, and I've ridden dirt bikes my whole life, you know? Um, but now it's just, I'd, I'd rather be sitting on top of like a hard charging one horsepower than anything yeah. else. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing more fun than the horse that I ride right now, you know, who's like a beast you know it's it's a lot of fun and you know yeah it's yeah and there's that i think you nailed it there's that connection you know you can have a connection with a motorcycle or a sports car but it's nothing like actually the connection and relationship you have with yeah not not at all i mean like i mean with the the horse that i'm on now i can just look where i want to go and he will go that direction you know it's like and because there's, you know, again, a horse can feel a fly land on its butt, you know? Right. So if, if you're so in tune with a horse, just the slightest shift of your hips or your body weight, you know, and the, to be so synced up with a horse like that, I mean, it's amazing. Um, you know, and, and not to knock, you know, sports cars or dirt bikes or performance bikes, cause the, the skill required to basically be in tune with, with those vehicles you know is enormous but it's taken me basically you know it's, it kind of takes about at least a year to really kind of come together with a horse um and now you know it's just it's really rewarding and it's just a ton of fun particularly when you're on like one that's like he's basically like a sports car i mean yeah as far as his performance um and so yeah it's been really rewarding and that's that's an easy one you know right now yeah yeah no that's cool super cool i'm gonna dig into that here pretty soon uh yeah i uh gave you cowboy boots versus combat boots considering you probably hung up your combat boots you know yeah yeah my uh yeah my class a like you know jump boots are shined and they're 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 sitting on a hallway you know bookshelf (laughs) you know here in the house um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just like, that's where I am now. You know, I'm, I wear my boots, my cowboy boots every day. I'm, you know, and I'm proud of my service, but, um, it's not, it hasn't necessarily defined me now, but yeah. it's been, you know, um, yeah, I'm just, that's where I am right now. If yeah, you asked me that, yeah, 10, 10 plus years ago, I would say, you know, combat boots, but. And I think that's important. Guys have a lot of hard time transitioning and finding their new identity. So they end up just kind of stuck in the past and not moving forward. And that's when they run into trouble. I mean, you seem to, did, how was your transition easy or you knew exactly what you wanted to do or did you stumble into this world again after? No, I mean, it, it yeah, I would say it wasn't necessarily easy, you know, cause I hung it all up, you know, physically in 2009, you know, after yeah. Ranger Regiment, and then I worked for Blackwater and, and did all that. So physically, I was done with the, the quote, sol- the soldiering then. Yeah. 
but I didn't like identify with anything else until I basically found, you know, reconnected with with the horses and found this, you know, and that time in between wasn't great. I mean, I was working, but, you know, I threw myself into work. I was in a marriage that was not good that eventually ended. Um, so no, like, I think like a lot of guys, you, while you physically hang up your, your boots and, you know, you know, all your equipment or whatever, your mindset hasn't really moved on to the next sort of phase of your life. Um, and because you're a man, you're going to basically try to create, you have this identity of yourself, you know, you're going to hold on to whatever it was that made you feel most alive. Um, and from 2009 to 2016, you know, it was, you know, being, you know, a ranger back guy, you know, that's what, that's who I was, you know? And it's like, um, but as soon as I started getting into, you know, horses and then cowboy mounted shooting, you know, that really all changed, you know? Um, I became more invested in the sport, but then I also, it kind of like, shook me up and and made me realize that hey i'm also a dad you know like yeah. that's an, that's an important like uh identity and something that you should really be you know uh hold sort of dear to your heart um so a long-winded answer to your question but yeah it didn't transition wasn't great you know um you know i've got uh, yeah, I mean, got divorced. Um, I'm, I'm married, remarried now and everything's going to be better. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2009 to 2016 were kind of just like all over the place. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. ask me a lot about transitioning and I'm like, it's still going. You're always, yeah. and it does, you know, it's almost like what, you know, how they have a, the simple little math equation if you will for divorce or for any kind of anything you've been in it for a while and they say you know if you're like for me i was married for 14 years so it'll take half that time to kind of really get past it seven years yeah same thing if you were a career guy like me i did 20 plus years well then it's going to probably take you a good solid 10 years to really get past it you know they half the time you're in it is probably you know kind of sort of good gauge uh, when you should be truly a hundred percent past it, whatever, whatever it was, you know? So I think, I think a lot of guys try to do it overnight, you know, and it's just like, yeah. fuck, you can't do it overnight. You got to just roll with it. And eventually one day you'll wake up going, wow, it's a whole lot better today than it was seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. And now that you say that the math for me kind of adds up. I mean, I joined in 2002, and then was kind of done in 2009. And then I didn't really get my shit together until, you know, 2016, you know? Yeah. Um, hey, everyone. I have a new 50% off promo code for you. It is CYSTP50 at factormeals.com. Factor sent me a bunch of no prep meals that I really enjoyed for my lunch. The Factor meals were a perfect solution for me for fast premium options with no cooking required. I strongly recommend giving them a try and I have a 50% off promo code if you do. Factor meals taste great and are no prep, no mess. So they're ready to heat and eat with no prepping, 
cooking or cleanup needed. I also really enjoyed the wellness shots. Take advantage of this 50% off. Head to factormeals.com slash CYSTP50 and use code CYSTP50 to get 50% off. That's code CYSTP50 at factormeals.com slash CYSTP50 to get 50% off. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we come from a, you know, you did 20 plus years as a generation of guys who, they're all getting out now, you know, that yeah. G watch generation. And, uh, you know, no one really ever, when I got out, no one ever like talked to me and was like, Hey, like, have you thought about your transition and yada, yada, like just the mental aspect of it. Uh, there was none of that, you know, right. and I think people now today are talking more about it and the better support, you know, to, to take guys who have such a passion and like intensity and skill set, and like send them off into a new direction. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you think about all the guys that you serve with and how valuable and passionate and such eclectic personalities they are to just be spit out and just do nothing is such like a waste, you know? So, yeah. um, so, yeah, no, it's yeah. good stuff, man. Yeah. It's good. And hopefully some of the guys listening get something from your experience. Um, revolver versus semi-auto. Of course you picked revolver. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. That was easy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you, what are you shooting when you're doing your sport? What is yeah. it you're running? Uh, we use, uh, all single action, uh, revolvers. Uh, they're all, they're all 45 caliber. So I use, uh, Rugu Vaqueros. Um, and then we also have classes of rifle and shotgun. Yeah. And so the sh shotguns are like a coach gun, usually like a 410. And then your rifles are all lever action, you know, like a, a running Comanchero 1873, uh, things like that. Dude, uh, that's so cool. And it's, yeah, like it's, I mean, there's nothing more fun than like you're riding a horse, dropping your reins and, you know, you pull out a lever action rifle and you just start, you know, <laughs> yeah. going to town. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just gotten so much fun. And, uh, I, sh I shot carbine. I mean, and you know, I mean, you shoot a ton. I mean, I love yeah. semi autos and carbines and I love shooting. I'll shoot anything. Um, but now, you know, I'm, I'm shooting those things for this sport. So that's yeah, mostly course. what I shoot, but yeah. I'll shoot anything. I love, I mean, I'm a huge firearms guy and um yeah. So we it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. Right, yeah, of course. That was a that was a gimme. I threw that, that in easy. there. Yeah. All right. On the brim or on the crown. And you said on the brim. Well, yeah, I wasn't sure what that was meaning, like on so the it brim. Yeah, it goes back to that cowboy good luck versus bad luck and supposedly if you put you always put your cowboy hat down on its on its crown upside down basically yes and never on the brim according Correct. to yes. cowboy <laughs> legend oh, or whatever yeah. so yeah yes so yeah a lot of guys like well there's a cut yeah, and, and there's a superstition you're supposed to put a cowboy hat on a bed and um Yes, if you put it on the brim, 
it, you can over time lose its shape. Um, yeah, that's kind of what they say. Yeah, um, and on the crown, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on the brim guy because I'm always just, you know, most of the time it's on my head or it's actually <laughs> yeah. In, yeah, or it's in a box that I'm tra- transporting it. And what's kind of funny is like, so I wear like a hat all day, you know, yeah. most of the time. Um, as soon as I'm done competing, like my cowboy hat is actually a lot of times off and my cowboy boots I'll take off too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw this on and I'll throw on like bands or like whatever, because for me, it's like, yeah, I just want to be, com- I just want to be really comfortable and, um, you know, cowboy boots over time, you know, they're not the most comfortable to wear, like do tons of work in. Yeah. Uh, and same with my hat, like my hat. So it's, you know, I put it on to, to compete. And then most of the time I'm working in, you know, like, you know, trucker hats. Cause so yeah. anyways, not that interesting, but on the brim, I just put it down, put it back in the box. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. You've yeah. had nothing but, and, and you've proven it wrong. You've had nothing but good luck. Yes. Since, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course, in the same, in that same line, I uh, threw straw versus felt at you. You pick felt. Yeah. Yeah. I wear a felt hat like all the time. I I don't wear it. I never wear any straw hats because I also like always, I wear all black, like basically all the time. Um, it's like a uniform. Like I don't have to think about it. And then, um, also like I sweat a ton, you know? Um, and in, and in ranger school, they used to call me like pig pen because <laughs> I like just sweat like profusely, like all the time. And like, I was just, just stinky, you know? Um, and now when I ride, you know, if I was to wear any sort of colored shirt or anything, like I would look disgusting. It would be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so black shirt all the time, black felt hat all the time. It could be like 90 degrees. I'm wearing a black felt hat. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I think all the whole black look obviously looks cool. I tend yeah, to wear and it looks cooler too. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, it, it's obviously you got to look cool. Um, yeah. I tend to wear all black too. Just my, my, all my shirts are black. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much black. I think it's easy. Standard. Like, yeah. And actually like on there, I think it was somebody told me when Steve Jobs wore the same thing every day, basically a black turtleneck and jeans. And part of that was that he would just, it was one thing he just didn't have to think about. Right. It was like, and I, and maybe that came from being in the military, which is nice. You just put on, it's like a uniform. You just put on the same shit every day. And, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm game. It's like when I, yeah. if I find a t shirt or a shirt or a pair of pants that, that like work. Right. And you, that you know, okay, these are the ones I'm going to wear all the time versus anything else that's hanging in my closet or in my drawers. Then, I, then I buy like five to 10 pairs of those yeah. things. And that's all I wear is that because it fits, it works. Okay. That's it. And it's, you're right. It is militaristic because it's what we're used to, you know, yeah. like, I'm just going to throw the, you know, you've got your, 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 your cami bottoms and your blouse and it's already set up. It's done. You, and you wear it every fucking day. Yeah, I don't. I don't go. I haven't. I can't remember the last time I went into a store and actually bought clothing. I just buy everything online because I wear the same thing. You, you know, know it works. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. 
All right. Now getting into more cowboy characters. we got John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Of course, both of those guys, I think, have probably played cowboys more than any other actors, especially John Wayne. Um, you pick Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I mean, I love John Wayne, you know, because the other question, too, was about, you know, True Grit and all that. But, like, uh, Clint Eastwood, I mean, I remember the movie, I mean, the movie Unforgiven, you know, which yeah. I watched that. That was more of one of his, you know, more recent, not that recent movies. Um, just really iconic characters that he's done throughout the years, you know. Um, that movie yeah. in particular, I could watch again and again because it's just a great story. Um, you know, a retiree kind of coming back into action. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and he, he's, he was able to bring a lot of like, you know, just modernize some of the, you know, the, the Western genre, which there's still a lot of great, you know, n- new Western movies out, but Clint is just, you know, iconic. And it's what I grew up with, I guess, is how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. had the greatest influence. Yeah. Um, Hateful Eight versus True Grit. You pick True Grit. Did, now, have yeah. you seen that? Have you seen the new version of True Grit with uh, Matt uh, Damon and yeah, and um, Jeff Bridges? Bridges, yeah, he was just awesome. Yeah, and, he's yeah. really, really good. I mean, um, and that's probably the only, the only question that, like, I love a lot of like the newer stuff too. Like, I love Tarantino, so like, hateful, you know, the Hateful Eight is cool. Yeah, uh, but True Grit's just a better story and. Right. Um, yeah, and I just, yeah, that's really yeah. what it's about. Yeah, for me too. It was awesome. Of course, you got Rip versus Beth. That was more like, who do you think would actually win in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, she's well, ruthless. I, she is ruthless. I mean, but, you know, you know, face to face, Rip would, but yeah, of she, course. She'd, she'd probably. You know, he'd probably uh, get into his car and his car would blow up. You know, that's the type of shit she would do. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's an all black guy. I think yeah. that guy's, he's, yeah, you're like the real life version of him, except yeah. You, yeah, <laughs> you actually do yeah. it. Yeah. He's just an actor that, uh, yeah. he was the bully, right? When he was the bully in, uh, he, dazed and confused, right? Back in yeah. the day with, uh, Matthew McConaughey. That? Yeah, he was in school ties, and yeah. uh, and from what I gather too, like he's been a pretty big supporter of uh, the military community. I know he does some stuff with Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Um, you know, yeah, he's from what I you know from everything people have said, he's a really good guy. Yeah, um, and so he he's been a good character, and you know that whole show is. You know, I only watched the first few seasons. I didn't watch these last two. Um, and people said I wasn't missing much with the last two. But, I mean, a great, like, show for the whole, like, Western community. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, largely had gone, not necessarily unnoticed, but, you know, I'll just comment on one thing about the community, which I love, is that, like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, what sports teams do you like? And this and that. And like, and I'm like, listen, I love, prof- I think professional sports are cool. Like, I like the athleticism. I was like, 
but I really don't care who wins. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, and when I look at like, you know, the Western equine community, and I just went to a rodeo again the other day, the amount of like patriotism, uh, the amount of like community and like family that's tied into that whole, uh, the whole sport of, you know, Western sports is just like amazing. Um, and for me, like I used to do fantasy football and stuff, but you know, when, you know, I think, you know, several years ago when just all like sports became just woke a little bit, you know, yeah, it it, it ebbs and flows between the town, the city. And, um, I just sort of like realized I was like, you know, I, so anyways, backing up Yellowstone has done a great job, I think, bringing attention to that community. And, um, I think a lot of other, you know, organizations could just kind of learn a th- learn a thing or two from the way they do it, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. It's super cool. You know, I'm I'm in Texas, from Texas, and it's been uh having Taylor Sheridan who, you know, grew up on a ranch here in Texas and built that entire what's become now this massive ecosystem, right? And yeah. you got Yellowstone and then, you know, all the all the other shows that have spun off of it and I guess more to come and not to mention the other movies that he's done that most people yeah. don't know. He, he wrote, you know, like Sicario one and two and oh, he did yeah. hell or high uh, water. Did he write and, those? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Wind river. I mean, he does uh-huh. such a great job with the storytelling, but it, there's always a connection to, you know, he, he likes to put a little connection to Texas and just about everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, he's just a kid that grew up, you know, on a ranch, and then he went to Texas State University and failed out of there. Because in one of his interviews, he said, "Yeah, I was getting A's in beer and women, so uh, that didn't actually work out too well." <laughs> so, you know, then he yeah. went and became a model, and then he, you know, ended up on uh, that that MC TV show, uh, Anarchy. Uh, oh um, yeah. Sons yeah. of Anarchy? Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. yeah, he ended up on there. And then one day he just decided, you know, I don't really like these Hollywood people. I'm going to start writing my own stories and doing my own thing. And, yeah. Uh, and look at what he's done. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's been, yeah. yeah. It's been a great job. I didn't know you were in – I knew uh, you traveled to Texas. I didn't know you were from there. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Dallas. I grew up here before I – I grew up I, – well, I, you know, my childhood, I was I grew up overseas, but – um always anchored back to texas you know and then when i retired obviously came back here okay. um but yeah all right so yeah you did good that's the rapid fire okay. yeah we gotta, what about the butt plug dildo <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to explain that one you're just no, stuck with okay. it all right good because <laughs> i was like worried about that one drew yeah. wallace butt plugs drew wallace butt plugs okay um yeah, now let's get into it. So people are probably going, okay, so wait a minute. I kind of get it. He's a cowboy. He was a ranger. But what the hell does he do for a living? So let's dive into what is a cowboy mounted shooter? Yeah. So uh, cowboy mounted shooting, uh, you know, is obviously a, an equine sport that uh, people compete in all across the country. Um, and people are doing it from basically – the age of, you know, uh, 12, you know, all the way we've, I've seen guys who are 75 doing it. Um, and it's a, a speed and performance sport. Uh, a lot of people call it like barrel racing on steroids. 
Um, so you, uh, you're, you're scored on basically your time. Um, there's about 75 to 80 different courses of fire. And you as the rider basically race across a timing line and you navigate a course and the course could have barrels or gates, um, you know, and, and different sort of, uh, you have to run it a certain way. And as you're running it, there are 10 targets and you need to engage each target and then get it back across the timer line. If you wow. miss it. Yeah. If you miss a target, it's a five second penalty. Oh yeah. That'll yeah. kill you. So basically if you miss like you're done, you're, you're done. Um, and so, you know, a, a course could, I mean, there's some courses that I've done that will take me 10 seconds. Um, and there's other ones that could be you know, closer to, you know, 20 or 25 seconds. So it's not like, you know, you're out there for a long time. I mean, you're, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a 40 yard dash type of thing. If I was to compare it to, you know, an Olympic sport and it's, you know, uh, the different disciplines in the sport, you know, you have revolver, uh, you have shotgun, you have rifle. And then there's actually a cavalry class, which is like kind of pays homage to, you know, that, that period of time. And you can, you have to dress in era specific clothing, uh, but you're still, you know, shooting and, and whatnot. Um, the challenge, one part of the challenge of, of the sport is that, you know, you'll cross the timeline, you shoot five targets, you have to holster and then draw a second gun um, and then shoot the other five. For like rifle and shotgun, you'll start with a pistol, shoot five, holster, and then you'll pull out a shotgun or a rifle and then have to engage five more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, any match could be, you know, five or six stages and you're, you're scored basically on your cumulative time. Um, and there have been, you know, some events that I've won or lost by, you know, tenths of a second. Um, you know, I won my, my first major championship, you know, this spring, um, uh, by like just three tenths of a second. Damn. Um, so you know, it, it comes down to the wire. Yeah, sounds like it. So just as a kind of a snapshot, you, you're you on a horse, saddled up, guns, there's obstacles. You've got to clear all the obstacles. And then at the same time, in between clearing obstacles, you're shooting targets. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. And then back to the basically back to the start line so is most of it kind of run in a in a circular fashion or yeah or kind of like, like down some, and back or yeah some of the, i mean the, some of the simplest courses are basically down you know and back other courses you might go to side to side and weave and then go down um some that could be like two barrels and you got to loop a barrel loop another barrel and then go and come back down um they're all just different. You know, some are like, we call like, uh, the X, you know, which it goes up and then comes back down, you know, so it looks like a big X. Yeah. Um, you know, so the horses that you're riding need to be really like, you know, we generally ride mostly quarter horses, but you know, you want like, you know, horses that are stocky, really muscular built for like bursts of speed, you know, um, trying to think of like some, kind of you, horses that look like famous, you know, uh, guys who do sprints in the Olympics, you know, they're built like that. Just like, yeah. 
really muscular, really athletic. Um, whereas like if you're doing like an endurance sport in, in, you know, horsemanship, you want a different type of horse, you know, for that. Um, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is a live fire event. So how, how there's, you're inside of a, a stadium, if you yeah. will, you know, a rodeo kind of atmosphere. And then these targets are all placed. So how do you, how is the performance safety? And then of course, audience, how does all that work? Yeah. So the ammunition we use is it's black powder. And so it, it uses a, a standard shell casing, a standard primer, but we pack it with black powder and then they crimp the end. Oh, okay. Yep. And so, you know, when you fire the round, it's actually the sparks or embers from that black powder that will basically hit the balloon and puncture the skin of the balloon. Um, so you got to be, so how close are you? I mean, a sweet spot, as I say, I would think, think like 10 to 15 feet, but okay. like you can, it's very easy to miss. I mean, you yeah. can miss a shot. Uh, you can be a foot away and you can miss the shot because again, it's like, you know, it's not, the the round is much like a shotgun you know it's a you know there's a spread so if you're a foot away and you just you know if you're just off by an inch you're not gonna hit it at all um and so you as you get better too you know and you analyze the humidity you analyze the wind you understand how fast you're running a lot of times you'll shoot targets behind you because you know i'm running this direction you know, I want the sparks to carry, you know, so I'm going to ah. have, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you'll pass it up and then hit yeah. it on the backside. Got it. Yeah. If I run through like a gate, you know, there are two targets that are, you know, I have to run through it. I'll shoot one and then I'll actually turn back or turn my body back and shoot behind me. Um, because, yeah, because, yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, and I couldn't do that when I first started. But as your horse runs faster, you know, I, I'm, you know, I only have so much time to, to bring my gun from one side to the next. Oh yeah. That, well, that thing's that, full gallop, right? Yeah. You're like a, you know, one stride and you're past it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you want to go be going as fast as you can. So, you know, um, so the, the ammo is spectator safe. Uh, it, it is safe okay. to, to you and the horses. I mean, I obviously wear hearing protection. Some people wear eye protection. I, I don't because I don't, I haven't really had any issues with that. The horse wears hearing protection too. That's um, what I was going to ask how the horses. Yeah. You know, obviously you have to train these horses to be used to gunfire right there at their yeah. head. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit and the majority I would say of horses, I mean, they get used to just about anything um over time and yeah. so you know i've i have gun broke you know horses before um and it's kind of like just just exposing them to it you know uh you can start with like a 22 you know just blanks which isn't very loud and then you you build up into you know a half a load and then you know a full load and then over time they're used to it but, is that uh, you start dismounted first and then yeah, mounted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like if I had a, a young horse that had never been exposed to gunfire, I'd probably just 
have them in a pen and I would shoot 22s, which aren't very loud, you know, nearby. And then, you know, do that for, you know, maybe a week or two or even less, depending on how they react. And then I gradually increase and then I would get on on, on them, start shooting um, and then introduce balloons. You know, it's kind of a crawl, walk, run. Um, but even the one, the horses are still, you know, you know, well accustomed to it. Like I still use earplugs because, you know, no one, no one likes a loud gun going off by your head. Um, right, right. Yeah, you know, it seems like the right right thing to do, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's your buddy, so. so. Yeah, so it's, the, the, the ammo is safe for spectators, for, for me, the horses. Um, but, you know, it's a different type of ammunition. So, you know, and you're, you're shooting from a moving platform. So it like, you know, you think of things like, you know, I think that's where a lot of military training has helped. There's a lot of like, I mean, all the marksmanship aspects are very similar, you know, um, yeah. that doesn't change. Um, but the considerations of the type of ammo and the target and that you're on a horse, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, of it just yeah. Takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And so when I was started, I mean, I looked at video, I mean, just the other day I was looking at videos when I started in this sport and I was, I was terrible. I mean, and like, I was a good, you know, I mean, I was a decent shooter, um, you know, in the military and just, and just recreationally, but you get on a horse and you gotta, you know, you're expected to, <laughs> you know, do these courses. I mean, it's a lot, you know, um, so it's been rewarding now being, at, yeah. being able to be at the level that I'm at. No, it's awesome. I mean, you're, you're making money doing this now, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll say this. I mean, people ask too, you know, like, Oh, you know, you know, how, how well does, you know, pay and this and that. And you can earn money at all the events. Uh, but the majority of, you know, money is earned through, um, uh, you know, sponsorships, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and that's been a fun aspect, you know, just supporting you know, different companies with their products. Um, and the horse industry in general, it's, it's probably like less than 5% are actually, you know, making money. Um, and that right. goes, for, yeah, that goes for any discipline like barrel racing or roping, reining, even to like, you know, horse racing with thoroughbreds, you know, it's, you know, horses in general are like a big labor of love, um, for people, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, but no, I mean, I've been able to, to build this up over the last several years to have some great sponsors and, um, and then do well at events where, yeah, you, know, you come, you come home with a couple of checks. So you don't feel like, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're going in debt over a sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 You've got to offset the costs somewhat. Cause it's like horses, like they can get expensive, particularly if like they get hurt. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 Um, and is this a winner takes all or is it like first, second, third place kind of thing? You get something as long as you get in the top five or how does it? Yeah, th- there are different classes that you can like if you win your class, you can pull a small check. The big checks come. Uh, yeah. If you place like first overall, you know, there's 
they generally do things like overall cowboy, you know, overall cowgirl, you know, you know, reserve cowboy, reserve cowgirl. Um, and then there's the specialty classes like rifle and shotgun. You know, if you win those, you, you know, you, you can take home a good check. Um, and then they sometimes have like showcases where they'll be like, you know, some sponsor throws in, you know, a thousand dollars for, you know, a Saturday night showcase event, you know, and it's like, you know, winner take all type of thing. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And so, and there's jackpot stages. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities, um, to make, to make money. And my, my thought process is with it is that I go to these events and I do like everything. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm like, chances are like, I'm going to come back with something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Buy I mean, as many lottery tickets as possible. That's it. And then <laughs> yeah. some, yeah. And some days I come home with one or two. And there, some days I, I like it was like a clean sweep, and like I'm like, woohoo! It's like you know, um, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, and rarely do I come home with like nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, now, what's an example? Like, is there? What's the biggest pot? Let's say you go. Is there one one thing that everybody goes to each year that's like got the biggest? And what what is yeah. that pot for a winner? Yeah, I mean the majors, the the cowboy minor shooting majors are probably the the biggest. Um, and there's I think I think there's like four of them a year, and they're all over the country. You know, there's one in Vegas, there's one several in Tennessee, uh, one in Nebraska, <clears throat> but like. If you do really well at one of those, I mean, you can come home with, it depends, you know, um, you know, five, six, seven thousand bucks. I mean, you're not break, taking up. Yeah. Ton okay. of them. Yeah. Uh, but then there's other events like the futurity, which is like where you running young horses, which is kind of really building up. You can bring home, you know, 15, 16 grand, um, you know, there are other, some of these other events where there's a thing called like a double down where like it caught, it's a same, one run, like winner takes all, you yeah. know, the entry is like $200, but you could take home, you know, $3,000 from just like a single run. Um, so, so 20 seconds, basically 20 seconds, yeah. you win a couple of grand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not bad. That's not other bad. Than, I mean, yeah. but again, like you're not like for me, like, I mean, I, I definitely don't do the sport for the money yeah. Uh, because it's not, it's this obviously one there's not enough that you can win, but through sponsorships is really where I've been able to, you know, offset basically all the costs um, of, you know, feeding these horses, vet bills, whatever uh, yeah, trap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been huge. You know, company, there's several companies who've really just supported me and, um, and have made a huge difference. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of athletes out there that rely on sponsors. I mean, hell, most of them make more money in the sponsorships than they do their actual salary or their contracted salary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, you even look at like, well, not to compare this to Olympics because it's not even in the same sort of class, but yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't get paid to compete in an Olympic sport or, you know, if you're a figure skater, cause my, my daughter figure skates, you know, it's like you go to a lot of these events, figure skating events, you don't 
take home a ton of money. Um, you're going to rely, you got to rely on someone to help you offset the cost. Um, yeah. Well, seems pretty cool, man. It seems like a yeah. great, re I mean, considering after military and then transitioning into this, it's sounds like it's got the adrenaline, it's got guns, it's, you know, you got all the, <laughs> all the elements to kind of fill any, any voids that might be open from, you know, time and in, in the military or time and combat. And, uh, which leads to the next question. So military career, uh, you went in, you did your time in the Rangers, uh, any highlight reel of, uh, during a deployment when you had a, holy shit, I think I'm going to die moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, I mean, um, we did, I did four rotations, you know, with, uh, Ranger battalion, I think it was towards, um, yeah, 2006 Afghanistan was probably our heaviest deployment, uh, where we, we were on an objective we called snake river, you know, and it was like a, about a company minus, you know, so about, this is probably 60, 70 of us on, you know, on the objective, but long story short was, you know, we came in, you know, we, we took, you know, heavy enemy fire from basically every angle 360. Um, and we knew that we would, and then it was like quiet for like hours, you know, and we're like, okay, we're like, you know, we didn't necessarily know if everyone was gone, but we had eliminated most of the threat with uh, AC-130 gunship and, and we returned a lot with small arms fire. So it was time to exfil. Um, and so, you know, our company commander called in, you know, for the, the Chinook to come in and pick up basically the first platoon out. And it was quiet. It had been quiet for like hours. Well, the aircraft, you know, the, the helicopter landed, picked up the platoon. And as soon as it took off, it was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Christmas, you know, it was like, you know, so the enemy had had the tactical patience to basically wait, you know, that they knew where we would leave eventually. And so they yeah. waited until the aircraft landed, picked up everyone, then took off. Um, and so, you know, that aircraft basically got shot down, you know, maybe a kilometer away from where we were because we I was the second chalk to go to be, you know, to exfil. So no longer was it just like, hey, we landed, you know, killed a bunch of bad guys and we we're going to, you know, did what we need to do to, and took off. Now it's like, oh, fuck, like, you know, we've got an aircraft down that's loaded with, you know, you know, 30 plus guys we got to get to that aircraft. Um, and so that's what the, you know, that's what the night became that went into the morning. Um, you know, uh, you know, lots of call for fire, danger close, um, you know, a lot of small arms fire. You know, I think that to me was probably the biggest sort of engagement that we'd had, you know, everything else were a lot, were a lot of small sort of, you know, you know, bits that, you know, would last, you know, the evening, but not carry over basically, you know, into the next day. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that was, you know, I think I had a different respect for who we were going up against, you know, after that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, that's a, 
especially at the end of an operation, right? <laughs> so you go yeah, in, you I mean, do one thing, and then all of a sudden it leads to, you know, catastrophic, you know, yeah. now you, oh, now we got to keep going. It's not over yet. Yeah. No. And we were yeah. done. I mean, from our perspective, it, you know, prior to that, it was like, you know, we were all young, you know, young rangers. We were like, sweet. Like, this is what we trained for, you know, uh, you know, and, and everything had been a success. Uh, and then now all of a sudden there's a very big contingency that you got to adapt to. Um, and we did, I mean, and everyone, everyone made it out alive, which was, you know, you know, just that was amazing. Um, in the heat, the guys in the helo as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, oh. they crashed into actually a big, a huge like marijuana field too. Cause I, I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember like laying down and, uh, you know, we were, you know, the gunship was just fire, you know, basically, you know, engaging everywhere. And I remember this like a brief moment and I could smell it. And I was like, I looked at my RTO and I grabbed a bunch of it. I was like, look, man, I was like, this is weed. I was like, it's weed. It's like, <laughs> I was like, we're going to be okay. I was like, don't worry. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, pretty, that was one funny bit of it. But yeah, we, you know, we were there for, you know, well through the till the sun came up, and we all left, and then um, we were able to watch on Kill TV. You know, all the after we left, they all came, tried to raid the the aircraft of everything, and we just you know dropped you know yeah dropped yeah. the bomb on them, and That's that awesome. was it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, I had a good time. I mean, I think being being deployed was like the best time in service um you know garrison you know because garrison life just gets like you know pretty uh, mundane but like there's a lot of distractions at home but being deployed was like you know a lot of fun and um you know it's what you train for you know that's right that's yeah right. You i tell people like deployments are like the gift right you, yeah, you, it was. Yeah. You do this crazy workup, you're training your ass off, and then your gift is deployment. And and then, you know, obviously what makes that gift even better is if you get to actually use your training. Yeah. yeah. It's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was one deployment, like, like we didn't do really anything. It's like, <laughs> yeah. We were, yeah, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was the, I went to Afghanistan, it was like the middle of winter, and I, I mean, we went on a handful of ops, you know, but we worked out and, you know, trained. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And you get big. You come back big. You're like, wow. All right, yeah, go. I came back like a beefcake. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So you, you did your ranger time and then you rolled into Blackwater, which yep. was, uh, was popular with a lot of guys there for a while. Yeah. How was your time there? Yeah, it was good. I mean, um, it, uh it was a means to an end i'll say that i mean yeah. i i left uh range of battalion and i started working at, at natick at the army labs at the kind of like it was a, a, a uh developing equipment but i wasn't like ready for it like i wasn't ready to be at a desk per se yeah um so I, I, you know, I wanted to go back to, to school. I started getting really involved in fitness and exercise science. And so, but, you know, but I didn't have any money. I you know, didn't, I didn't have anything really at that time. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go, you know, I get this out of my system, 
go work for Blackwater. And I had had my, my EMTI certification from being in Ranger Battalion. So I was able to go and be a medic um, working for them. And um, so long story short is that I went and did, you know, uh, a year contract with Blackwater as a medic. And while I was there, I was, you know, doing online classes. Uh, I was applying to graduate school. Um, you know, I knew in the back of my head, I was like, hey, I'm not going to do this forever. Um, as soon as I kind of get accepted, hopefully into like a graduate program, I'll, I'll leave and then and come home. Um, and that's eventually what happened. Um, but, you know, working over there, if I'm to talk about the time, you know, we were in Baghdad, you know, working for the Department of State um, under that, you know, the, the whips contract and um, great, great guys. Um, but like, you know, not a lot of support. Like if anything was to go wrong, I mean, right. you're, you know, you're, you're driving the same routes, you know, day in and day out. I mean, it's like, you know, and, the, and by that point, Oh, eight, Oh nine, I'm like, they did not want us there. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. The, yeah I mean, the, the, the people were, were sour and you know, I mean, it was like, you know, we've been there since I guess Oh three. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're like, get the fuck out of our country. And like, you got these fucking big bearded dudes rolling in with guns and like suburbans, you know, driving, driving down the wrong way on the street, you know, pissing everybody off. Yeah. Like throwing water bottles at people. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, and, when I got there, I was the, I was a medic, uh, but my team already had a medic on the team. And so they're like, Oh, Drew, like, you know, you were a forward observer in the military. Like, so you must be really good with like route navigation. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm okay with it. They're like, all right, we're going to make you the, the tactical commander. But before you're the tactical commander, we're going to make you the driver because you need to learn the routes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, like I'm your like secondary medic. I'm like the driver is like the first dude to die. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't like, be any good to you if I'm dead. No, I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, fine. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'll just drive. Were you, and, were you uh, driving the first car? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was yeah. the lead car. And yeah. um, that makes makes like, perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah, again, not every <laughs> we didn't make a lot of good decisions. Uh, yeah. during, but so yeah, I drove for like the first four or five months, and then I was tactical commander. And um, yeah, I mean, some days you're making you're you're doing routes. Other days you're just watching movies, doing some homework, working out. You know, you know the deal. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it came time to end, uh, it was good. You know, I was like, I had I had gotten it all out of my system. You know, I'd, right. the combat boots and the Solomons were hung up for good. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, I do not want to go back there. Um, and, and people ask, you know, and I'm sure people ask you too. They're like, you know, what was it like? What was it like in Iraq? And I'm like, it's a fun, I was like, fucking dump i was like i don't yeah. like i love the guys i served with i had amazing time i was like i have no desire to ever go back there again um you know 
Got it I'm out of my you. system. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get it out of your system. That's the yeah. best way to put it. You kind of have to in order to really truly move on, right? I mean, just you got to be to the point where you're just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Or when you're asking yourself, why the fuck are we still here? That's I found myself no matter yeah. where I was like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, That's there's the mission and then there's like all this shit after the mission's over that you're like, uh, okay, well, I'm just yeah. going to still do my job, but I really don't know what my job is anymore. And uh, that's the point when it's time to move on. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I, yeah, I think towards the end of that in 09, yeah, I was like the green zone had collapsed at that point. Um, yeah, we handed sovereignty back over to the Iraqis the first January in 2009. Yeah. And I started looking around and I was like, what are we doing here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm like, do I need to be here anymore? I'm like, um, and, um, right. and yeah, I mean, I think, and, and you said it well too, is that, yeah, you hang it up and like you, you know, you've turned new chapters in your life and you have to, if you're going to move on. You know? That's right. You have to exhaust it. And yeah. Once it's exhausted, then it makes it so much easier to move on <laughs> to the next thing. Cause if, if there's a part of you that's like, man, I should have done, or I should have, or I would have, or I could have, then that's just going to mess with your future. So just, yeah. you know, get it all out of through, your system. Yeah. I went through that too. It was like, Oh, I, I should have gone tried out for this or done that. And I'm like, I'm like, if I had done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. That's right. Exactly. And, and like, I, you know, I like where I am now. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, I like where you're at too, man. It's yeah. I mean, cool. it's, things are good. I mean, <laughs> but like I didn't for a long time. I mean, there was, you know, I was like, I was just not comfortable in my own skin, I think, you know, and now I am. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah you done good. You done good. And, uh, I appreciate all sharing all that info, but, uh, now, now it's time to see if you survive the next part of this podcast. So, okay. Are you ready? Are you I'm ready? ready. As long as we're okay. not talking about butt plugs. You know? No, no, no more butt plugs. <laughs> okay. That was just, that was just a trick question that you fell for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. All right. You are driving alone at night when suddenly another car crashes into you, leaving you injured and trapped in the wreckage. The car that hit you appears to be in worse shape than you. So, do you A, stay in the car and wait for help, or B, attempt to free yourself from the wreckage? Oh, I free myself from the wreckage. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay, these yeah. always start easy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, geez. Yeah, uh, yeah go. they got to get harder than this. <laughs> <laughs> you better be paying attention because shit okay. changes quick. And Jeff yeah. writes these. Okay, so he. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, he All right. You are correct. B. Attempt to free yourself from the wreckage, and with great effort, you manage to escape through a broken window. And this is a good time to bring up windows in cars. Okay, so most people don't know. You have tempered glass and then you have laminated glass. Your windshield is laminated, which does not break easy because it's designed to withstand, you know, objects flying at 100 miles an hour. Uh, but your side windows and stuff, they break. They're, that's that's your tempered glass. So laminated front windshield, tempered glass is your side windows. And they usually it breaks into like shatters in these little cubes. Now, those little cubes will still cut you, but they won't lacerate you and cause you to bleed out. All right. So you, uh, you go through the broken window. So do you next, A, 
check yourself for injuries, or B, check for survivors in the car that hit you. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, my adrenaline's going. I'm likely uh, mission focused. I'm probably going to the. I'm going to the car that hit me. Yeah. Yeah. Final answer. Well, <laughs> I know it's probably not the right answer, but in the moment, I would probably ignore my own injuries to go yeah. look at because I've been in somewhat of a similar situation. So yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think your your adrenaline, you said it all. It's going to kick in, and you're kind of going to yeah. go into, you know, let me let me see if I can't help or uh, do something for everyone else that's involved. Um, but for this particular choose-your-own-adventure, A, you check yourself for injuries. Yes. Mainly because you're useless if you uh, if you do yeah. have something life-threatening and you could have put a tourniquet on it. So you check yourself first, and miraculously, you have only suffered some minor scrapes and bruises. After assessing your own injuries, you approach the car that hit you, and only the driver is in the car, and he looks badly mangled. Okay? So... Do you A, look for anyone who may have witnessed the accident, or B, safely check for signs of life of the mangled driver? Well, I mean, you seeing safety is like, before you approach any sort of place, you wanna, you're observing for scene safety, yeah. but am I gonna look for, That's a tough one. It really comes down. Are you going to look for witnesses, or are you going to go ahead and just safely check signs of life of this? I probably, I probably look. I mean, uh, I'm thinking. I would I, immediately. I would probably. I would probably look for signs of life. You know, go through my basically ABCs. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. B. Safely check for signs of life of the mangled driver. I mean, yeah, you gotta you look at them, and it's deceiving, right? I mean, we've I've been plenty of accidents, combat, whatever. I was a medic as well, and um, you know, even through eighteen Delta and paramedic schools and all this shit. It's like I'm always amazed. Like somebody can look completely fucked up, and actually, they're not that bad off because yeah, blood everywhere sometimes can make you go, oh, he's dead, and it's like no, he's not. He just yeah. just has a cut that fucking you know blood everywhere yeah um but yes safely check for signs of life and you did so you decide to try and save this guy and as you check his vitals and try to wake him hey 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 can you hear me squeeze my fingers if you can hear me right remember all that stuff <laughs> he moans himself back to life and tries to bite you Ugh. all right so do you a try to restrain the driver or b back away and look for a blunt object or weapon <laughs> remember sometimes well, these stories can take some weird twists yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah he's trying to bite i mean i would probably look yeah <laughs> this is a dumb one 
I mean, because I don't have all the details here, but... Yeah, of course not. Uh, I would probably... I mean, he tries to bite me, but he's just been in a huge car wreck. I would say I'd, I'd probably find a way to restrain him, I think. Because you're thinking what? You're thinking head injury, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking he's like... Yeah, I mean... And if he was in a big car wreck, I mean, yeah, I don't... Like how how dangerous if, if this guy's trying to bite me if he had some other like weapon and he was just in a car wreck he would use that on me so like he's biting me so that's like his level of like aggression that he's currently able to like you know on me you know try to uh, put on me yeah so I'm like do I need some sort of weapon at this point to like get away you know you know, get out of the threat. No, I'd probably, yeah, I'm thinking he might have a head injury. Doesn't know where he is. Who knows? I mean, yeah. yeah. I'd restrain okay. him. Yeah. All right. Well, B, back away and look for a blunt object or weapon, okay? So as you back away, the guy's car catches on fire. And you can also see a horde of zombies approaching in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, go. So now you know why he was biting at yes. you, right? Okay. okay. So, do you A, move to a high vantage point or B, move to the closest hiding spot? Remember, it's a horde of zombies. Yeah, I'm going, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to probably the highest the highest point. I mean, Correct. I can, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, Hiding spot. I mean, you know, I don't, yeah, that doesn't even make I mean, sense. But yeah, go to, I've never get, to ridden, get to high ground. Yeah, yeah. I've never high run ground. away from a zombie, but you know, <laughs> yeah. are I'm they fast twitch or slow twitch zombies? I mean, which one? Yeah, is it? My um, hiding skills you know, are <laughs> yeah. not what they used to be. That's right. Um, so yes, a move to high ground. You decide to move to a high vantage point to get a better idea of what the fuck is going on. You climb a tall building. And you see hordes of zombies wreaking havoc on the area. In the distance, you can see a small horse stable. Hmm. Oh. This thing was custom built for you. It was, yeah. I like this. So, do you, A, stay in the building and wait for help? Like, I don't know, help from sure. nice zombies? Or yeah. B, make a move for the stables? Oh, we're going to the stable. We're going to the stables. <laughs> B, yes. You decide to run towards a nearby stable in search of horses. You find several horses and quickly saddle one up, preparing to make your escape. Now, for someone who doesn't know anything about horses, and maybe they're making the same decisions as you, I'm curious. Can you kind of look at a horse and go, like, which one's better to saddle up than the other? Oh, yeah. I mean. what do you? How do you do? What's your you process of elimination here? I mean, you can apply some of like the same uh, thought process with like I don't want to say people, <laughs> like you know, like you can look at a horse and see if it's like kind of fat, maybe, or like you know, dopey looking. Um, or you can see a horse and you see like, like if you came to my barn and you looked at the horses that are here, you'd be like, like holy shit, that one looks like he's a fucking beast. And, you know, yeah. you would be able to tell. So, okay. You can tell. Yes. Yeah. Which ones are like, yeah. I mean, a, a horse that hasn't been broken isn't going to be in a stable, is it? Or No. Well, it could. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. Well, that's another thing, too. 
Actually, that's one way, one aspect. Yeah, you you can see a wild horse that looks like a fucking rock star, but you throw a saddle on it, and like it's like a bunkin' bronco. You're not gonna get very far, you know. So you kind of have to go all the way to the point of putting the saddle on before you know. True. Yeah. If I yeah if I but if you yeah if you come to a stable, generally if a horse is in a stable, it's been. I mean, in this circumstance, it's yeah. it's likely been saddle broke. Um, but appearance-wise, you can look at some horses and see, like, that horse looks, like, really athletic. You know, it has good, like, you know, muscle definition, and, uh, body structure. Everything just looks like it's, you know, he's yeah. an athlete. And you can look at, like, a lot of older horses, which, you know, have a lot of, you know, maybe a big sway back, don't have the muscle tone. And, and decide that oh, that guy's going to be like, he's like a glue stick, you know? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All right. Good okay. to know. Um, all right. So do you, you get to the stable. So do you gather supplies from the stable before leaving or B, just leave immediately without gather, gathering any supplies? I gather supplies. Yeah, of course. Hey, gather supplies from the stable before you leave. Why not? You gather some essentials. Okay, so that includes food, water, a basic medical kit. With everything prepared, you mount the horse and prepare to head out. Do you A, release the other horses that you found, set them free, or B, just leave them behind and get your ass out of there? Well, that one is tough because, so, if you, if you let all the horses go, the zombies could get the horses and then turn those horses into Zombie zombies. Horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, but if you you leave them in there, they're like they're likely to get to get you know, you know, basically caught by them anyways. I would let them go because yeah, give them a chance. Yeah, give them a chance. I mean, maybe hell, maybe they'll follow you, or I would actually probably string a couple along with me so that yeah. I can then swap horses. So. I ride a horse, say one horse for 10 miles, swap, get on the other horse, you know. Yeah, that way they, they get a break. Yeah, they get a break, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, A, release the other horses you found. Yeah, you decide to, you know, give the horses a chance to, to escape the zombies and instead of being trapped, and um, then you leave the city on horseback. And as you ride through the chaotic city streets, you encounter a group of zombies, and navigate through debris and abandoned vehicles. So do you A, ride cautiously avoiding heavily infested areas or B, ride aggressively cutting through the zombies to clear the path? So basically you're gonna take your time and go around or are you just gonna fuck it? Let's beeline it right through this shit. I mean, the responsible way is to go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Ride cautiously, avoid the areas. You choose to ride, avoiding heavily infested areas to minimize the risk of getting surrounded. While riding, you spot a fellow survivor who is trapped and surrounded by a bunch of zombies. Mm. So do you A, stop and help, risking your own safety, or B, continue riding, tell them, eh, good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You can't, I mean, just to leave the guy there would be a total dick move. I mean, yeah. 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 No. 
you got to help the guy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. no matter what the crisis is, whether it's zombies or COVID or whatever yeah. hell's going on, you got to like, I think it. Yeah, you got to you've got to help. I think the universe is watching. So, you know, yes. yeah, if you believe I mean, in karma or just doing a good deed daily, whatever it is. Right? I'm still like that, even to this day. Yeah. And, you know, and not to sidetrack. I mean, I drive a, a lot, you know, with a horse trailer. Yeah. And I've stopped at a lot of accidents. I've pulled people out of, you know, trucks and stuff, you know, and sometimes some people are like, what are you, are you fucking crazy? Like, why, like, why would you do that? I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, it just seems like the right thing to do. Like, right. Like, yeah. I see someone in distress, like, well, I'm just going to fucking hit the accelerator and just fucking keep going. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to. It's the right thing to do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You decide to stop. You help the survivor, recognizing the value of cooperation and humanity and uh, in such a dire, especially in dire circumstances. Um, and together you fight off the zombies and make a strategic retreat. And that is the end of torturing yeah. you with this scenario. You picked the right answers. You did pass. I, so congratu congratulations, you did survive this podcast. Um, and just remember, like, uh, not just you, but for the listeners, you know, yeah, we use zombies and we use a lot of these other things for entertainment. But the reality is zombie can be easily replaced with real world nightmares that we all face, uh, whether it's active shooters or, as mentioned, some crazy virus. But um, keeping safety and and uh, security at the forefront of everybody's mind is always the goal. And uh, Drew, where can people follow you, find you, and maybe even check you out your next competition? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, mainly, you know, through my my public Instagram uh, at uh, the Ranger Cowboy. Um, that's really my my one stop shop where I'm uh, I post different things, different events I'm going, or you know, uh, we post a lot of horse videos, a lot of shooting stuff. Um, that's where they can go uh, to find me. And my, I respond to most everything. Uh, if people send me a message and um, yeah, I always appreciate the support. And that's Ranger Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the. Ranger Cowboy. Yeah. The Ranger Cowboy. And if you get lost trying to find them, just look at the Can You Survive Instagram page. We follow everybody who's been on the show. Makes it real easy. And uh, I just want to say thanks for taking the time out, sharing your past, your present. It's awesome, man. I, you got a good thing going. It's so cool. And I'm sure every other dude listening is like, man, that's a good, I, I like that. I want to do that. Um, yeah. I, bringing attention to an, an awesome sport that has a ton of tradition. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Thanks. Th thanks for having me on. And uh this format's awesome. I love it. It's, uh, it's been great talking with you and, and, you know, I've been following you for a while and it's great to see everything that you're doing here and, um, yeah. appreciate the support. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not a problem, man. Appreciate you. Like I always say out there, you know, uh, keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest. And until next time, be safe. Uh -huh.